Welcome to our God's Word for Today devotional in this beautiful Monday morning. How are you this morning? And we pray that this week as we begin our devotional, that the Word of God will continue to encourage us to be faithful to the Lord and believing that His words are what we need, especially every day for encouragement. His words are the manna for our soul. Let me read to you our text today in the book of Acts chapter 19, and we will be reading from verse 17 to verse 28, or verse 21 to verse 28. Now, after these events, Paul resolved in the spirit to pass through Macedonia and Achaia and go to Jerusalem, saying, After I have been there, I must also see Rome. And having sent into Macedonia, Two of his helpers, Timothy and Erastus, he himself stayed in Asia for a while. About that time, there arose no little disturbance concerning the way. For a man named Demetrius, a silversmith who made silver shrines of Artemis, brought no little business to the craftsmen. This he gathered together with the workmen in similar trades and said, Men, you know that from this business we have our wealth. And you see and hear that not only in Ephesus, but in almost all of Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away a great many people, saying that gods made with hands are not gods. And there is danger not only that this trade of ours may come into disrepute, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis may be counted as nothing. And thus she may even be deposed from her magnificence, see whom all Asia and the world worship. When they heard this, they were enraged and were crying out, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Let us take note that when the gospel really be received and embraced by people, there will be a radical change because the gospel is the truth that disturbs or the chains that chains a person from, from being having a sinful lifestyle into a godly person. We know that almost three years, Paul had ministered to the people in the city of Ephesus. We can read that in Acts chapter 20, verse 31 later. A city well known for demonic activities and witchcraft. Just like the other cities of Corinth, Ephesus was no different. When the people who practice witchcraft so what Paul did, they realized that Paul's power or the power of the Holy Spirit using Paul was greater than the demons they served. So they renounced their beliefs and burned their books. We can read that in verse 11 to verse 20. As a result, in the province of Asia, particularly in the southwest portion of Turkey, modern Turkey today, people were not only abandoning or rejecting the demon worship, but also the Greek gods and goddesses. Let's remember that in the Roman Empire, the emperor of Rome also is worshipped as one of the gods. What does this mean? This means they stopped worshipping the goddess of, of goddess Artemis or the famous goddess uh, Artemis' beautiful temple in Ephesus. 
as a result, they were not buying or people were not buying anymore the idols and statues and shrines that some craftsmen are selling. The craftsmen led by a certain witchcraft uh, and craftsman, Demetrius, was the one who instigated the mob. Now let us take note that Demetrius should not have cared that Paul is rescuing people from the bandits of demons if it was not a threat to their livelihood. That was the source of their wealth he mentioned here. Thus, when Demetrius saw that this was a threat to his business, because nobody or people are not buying anymore, their crafts and statues that are offered to the goddess Artemis. So he incited a mob under the guise of concern for Artemis worship and regional patriotism. And he said that, is that the magnificence of the goddess of Artemis or of the temple and, and the goddess herself will be at stake. So, and then, it, and because of that, the prominence and the popularity of the city of Ephesus, having the icon, which was the goddess of Artemis, will be affected. So all the people who heard him became emotional, they were in chaos. And as a mob, they marched to protest towards the theater and mainly joined in their chant. Great is Artemis of the Ephesians, although they, do have, they have no idea what's, what was going on. We can learn that later in verse 24 to 34. So why is this happening? This was happening because the gospel that the people received became so effective in their lives that they left their trade, they left the worship of idols, even burned their books of witchcraft in order to follow God. So the gospel really is, a, is, is the truth that can change people. It's radical. It's revolutionary. Should people receive the gospel, there, there would be transformations in their lives and and this transformation of lives will result also in transformation of culture. Families will be transformed also. And that is really the, the evidence and the, the demonstration of the power of the gospel. Because people who had sinful lifestyle will live now a godly life. Like, for example, when husbands who are responsible, irresponsible, I mean, and they are drunk and they are having all kinds of vices that are destructive and they are not for the family. When they are transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit, they will become a responsible husband. They will leave their trade. They will leave their vices and become godly, responsible husbands to their wives. And the wives also will be changed if they receive the gospel to become a responsible and faithful wife to their husbands. So families are healed, culture are living the worship of idols, and now um, 
faithful followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. One could not claim that he is a follower of Jesus and at the same time he worships idols. Jesus demands absolute loyalty to his followers and to himself. In other words, it's either Jesus or idols. It cannot be both. As the saying goes, if Jesus is not the Lord of our all, he is not Lord at all. People who are radically changed would radically change their culture as well. There would be a change from the bad to become better and even for the best version of every person because God is in the business of healing and mending relationships and lives. While the devil is destroying lives, God, particularly the Lord Jesus Christ, he said that I come in order that those who are blinded will be able to see, those who are sick will be healed, those who are captives will be free. He promised that he is going to heal those who come to him. So Jesus has warned us about this particular truth or reality. He said in John chapter 7, verse 7, The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify about it, that its works are evil. Because Jesus is the light, so the darkness does not love light. So anything that that um, the light will do, that will expose their sinfulness, they hate it. Jesus added even in John 15, verse 18 to 19, this is what he said, If the world hates you, know that it has hated me first. Before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore, the world hates you. I hope you remember this. It's not because you, you, um, you just do nothing. It's just that you don't provoke people, that people will not harm you. There was one lady who approached the great evangelist Dwight L. Modi and she said to him, Mr. Modi, now that I'm becoming... Now that I'm a Christian, I should reject the world. Should I not? And Dwight Ilmodi said to her, Lady, you don't need to reject the world. Just live for Jesus and the world will reject you. The craftsman was provoked. Here in our story, they were really provoked because their livelihood was at stake. That was a result of the gospel transformation in the lives of people. Because of that, they were not happy that they wouldn't allow their business to vanish in thin air. It's like touching the wholeness. -ness. The wholeness will destroy and attack everyone who are a threat or who is a threat to, to, to them. Just like Demetrius and the rest of the craftsmen, they were provoked not because that was the result of the gospel. So these believers who, who just change from or transform because of the gospel, they left worshiping idols in order to turn and serve and living and, and to serve the living and the true God. So 
the result was that this craftsman's life, livelihood were affected. So Paul reminded us in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, that indeed those who live godly in Christ will be persecuted. So let's not be surprised. In other words, persecutions reveal the genuineness of a believer's spirituality or godliness. Persecutions does not make a person strong, per se. Persecutions will reveal that the person is really strong because he is real. Like, for example, when the fire tests a gold metal, a metal, whether it's gold or not, it's a real gold or not, the fire does not make the gold. But the fire exposes or will expose whether the gold is the gold metal or the metal is really true or a, an alloy is not a pure metal or gold metal. So in this manner also, persecutions will reveal what kind of Christians are we. So let's not be surprised. If we live godly in the Lord Jesus Christ, we will be persecuted. Paul just preached faithfully the gospel at the school of Tyrannus. People believe. People left their old religion. They were scrapped. They burned their books. The gospel is really revolutionary. It's radical. In other words, when our belief is not really that strong, perhaps our belief is just for convenience and for comfort. But if we are really convicted, we have really the conviction. That conviction will hold us because we are real, we are true in our commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's not be surprised, as Jesus said, in this world you shall suffer tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. The world will hate you because it hated me first. No follower of Jesus is better than him who is our master. If it happened to him, he was persecuted. It will happen also to us. But by God's grace, he will not abandon us. He will see us true because he's faithful who promised. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for your encouragement this morning from your word. We pray to Father that this will stay in our hearts. Lord, we know that those who are truly born again, who embrace the true gospel, there will be transformations in their lives. And I hope that you see that in my heart, in our hearts, Lord, that we are real, that we are genuine in our faith, that our relationship with you is not pretentious, but it's true, that people will recognize that we are true because we suffer persecutions and we are ready to suffer hardships for the name of Christ. Father, help us that we will not be deceived. Help us that we will be true in our hearts, Lord, and it's only by your grace. And may these words that we have heard today will stay in our hearts and guide us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.